0: Welcome to Write Damn It, the podcast for writers of all kinds who are looking for inspiration and motivation to get the writing done. And I'm your host, Zoe Richards. Episode nine. If you're going to stress, stress big. Yeah, that's the top and bottom of it. If you're going to stress about stuff, stress big rather than getting all stressed up and anxious about the small stuff. Now, I have to say, even saying that to myself, yeah, come on Zoe, it's not as easy as that. No, it's not. It really isn't as easy as that. Yet sometimes we allow ourselves to be overtaken by the small stuff, as if it's huge. And because we make it so big, our brains, remember we've talked about this previously, our brains are so clever that they go off and find things to prove we're right and add to how huge this stressor is. So let's have a think about how we can make sure that the only stressing that we do is over big stuff. And I'm going to take you through some of the things we can do or think about that help us keep it small. I've got to say this with um full disclosure, I think, though, really, and that's the fact that, do you know what? I am a control freak. I'm not sure I like that term, freak, but anyway, I do like to control things. My daughter says she she can always tell when I'm being very much in control because she offers to drive us places and I say, no, you're okay, my car's much more comfortable, let me drive. She's right, I truly am controlling the drive and everything that happens on it. So as somebody who acknowledges that I am a control freak, I do have to remind myself I can't control everything. Now, that's big in this industry, isn't it? When it comes to writing, there is only really one thing I control, and that is the writing of the novel. Everything that happens after I've put words down on paper, it's outside of my control. So, I have to keep on reminding myself I can't control everything. By the way, the reason for this podcast topic today is because I noticed I was starting to stress small stuff like it was big stuff and I was trying to control something I have absolutely no control over. So really, I know I'm talking to you, but you know what? I think I'm talking to me more than you at the moment. So it's that first thing of acknowledging I can't control everything. None of us can control everything. We have to get ourselves thinking about some things we can't change and we need to know the difference between what are those things that we can do something about and what are the things that we can't. So we have to know the difference. Some things are fully in our control. Some things we have control, but maybe with the help of others. Then there's those things that we don't have control over, but maybe we can influence. And then there's the things that we have no control over whatsoever. Let's think about those in the context of the writer's journey. So we have that full control over writing our novel. When it comes to making sure that we've got our novel right, we can perhaps control some parts of it by getting help from others when it comes to learning. Or if we're ready to start querying, we can make sure that we get help from others to write a good query letter and to write a good synopsis. It's not a natural thing to be able to write both of those well, so it does help to go out and seek help from others. And then we can control that stage in the process. Once we've clicked send not sure we've got much control, but leading up to the point of clicking send on an email, we can make sure we influence by ensuring that we followed everything that the agent has said that they want from us on their website. So it might be a number of chapters. It might be a number of words. It could be that they want to have the letter as an attachment, or it could be that they want the letter in the body of the email. The important thing to do is to check what it says on the agent's website. Incidentally, this isn't an opportunity for you to twist what they've said. I've heard from a few people who say that they see that the agent wants the first three chapters, so they're going to make sure they really pad out their first three chapters to give the agent the greatest opportunity to read as many words of theirs as possible. I've got news for you. When they're asking for the first three chapters, they're not asking you for the first 20,000 words. So you still need to make sure that you still fit within the word count for a chapter for your genre. So obviously, I think it's with fantasy, you can have longer chapters. With book club, it's expected that you would have shorter chapters. So don't try and beef it out. I know what you're thinking. I've thought it too. (laughs) So you can influence things, but then once you've clicked send, you've got no control at all. I know a lot of people get stressed at the point where they've clicked send and sent off their query pack to the agents and now they get the high levels of stress. You can't control it. If an agent says, we'll be back to you within two months or back to you within six weeks, forget about it for the next six weeks or two months. If they say that you won't hear back, if you've not heard within the next six weeks, then when it gets to week seven, don't start thinking, well, could I just perhaps email them? No, they've told you, you won't hear back from them if you've not heard anything in six weeks. Now, there are exceptions to that rule. I did hear from somebody, even though I'd email to say, I've got somebody who's interested. I'm now at the stage where I'm looking at contracts. Are you interested? Another two months later, that agent who said that they would not respond if we'd not heard within six weeks you weren't going to hear that agent got back to me three and a half months after I'd submitted. There is really no knowing, but don't stress that. I like to work with something called PACE, P-A-C-E, and that stands for Preserve, Accept, change, eliminate. So preserve, that's what, what are those things in life that I am going to keep this way? So if you've decided that this is your novel and you're not changing it, and it doesn't matter what people tell you about editing, you are not changing it. Maybe it's not best to put yourself through the stress of finding an agent and going to a publisher. Maybe it's better for you to self-publish. So that might be something you want to preserve. Then we think about accept. So I accept what it says on agents' websites. I also accept what my agent tells me because I know that she knows more about the industry than I do. Having said that, if she comes to me saying we should change this bit of the novel... I'd like to discuss that with her first before I agree to the changes. So I'm not necessarily going to accept everything she says without some level of discussion. And it is okay for you to do that, by the way. I will change things and I will change my mind over things. And then eliminate. Well, I wrote a previous novel where I really have eliminated it. It's one that really should never see the light of day again at all. Aside from the fact it it was a very weak attempt at writing. I think I have to also admit that it was something that didn't really have a plot to it. So it was just me throwing words out. It was kind of like um, word vomit. That doesn't sound very nice, does it? But yeah, it was a bit of word vomit for me. So I always like to think about pace. What will I preserve? What will I accept? What will I change? And what will I eliminate? By using that when I remember to. I then am able to think about, am I stressing stuff that I have no control over or is this something I can do something about? Okay, so that's thinking about, can we control things or are they outside of our control and there's no point in us trying to get stressed about it? There's then something else I think is interesting to think about and that's the fact that we can get caught up in groupthink or even group hysteria. Now, I'm noticing this at the moment around AI People talk about the fact that it's going to take over writers' jobs and illustrators' jobs. And you know, I can understand that fear, particularly after the Bradford Literary Festival's um, slight goof. I don't know whether you've heard about it, but where they used ChatGPT to come up with a design illustration for them, for them to use on their posters. I have to say that perhaps wasn't their biggest mistake. It's what they did next that was their biggest mistake because unfortunately they fought back when really they needed to say, whoops, we may have messed up, there. Let's actually take some time to reflect over this. Now, this is important because there's going to be more Bradfords out there. And that's because AI is so new. It's very easy to make a mistake when you're using it. I remember around about 2005, and five six, there was a lot of talk about the way that Photoshop was being used with photographs. You may remember the incident that happened on the front of Vogue, I think it was, where Victoria Beckham had been adapted by Photoshop and her body was rather misshapen afterwards. I think there was a straight line in there somewhere as well, where somebody hadn't realised that they'd not quite finished the Photoshop job properly. So yeah, there are going to be issues about AI and there are going to be some huge mistakes made by some reputable companies. And we need to be forgiving of them because they're the ones who are testing what's going on with AI and how can we use it. But you know, AI is not going to go back in the bottle. The genie has absolutely been let out of the bottle. And I would say that was probably 25 years ago. So what we need to be thinking about is what our opinion is. Remember that what I started with on this was, what's groupthink? What's the group hysteria? And I mentioned AI and then I went on about AI. Sorry about that. But um yeah, groupthink is very much about AI is negative. The group hysteria is about AI being something that is a problem to us. What do you think though? And I do consider this is quite an important process for us to go through. Notice where there is groupthink. Notice where we're getting caught up in that groupthink. And take a step back. What do you think about this situation? What do you think, for example, about the fact that agents don't send out feedback? They send out a form response or they send out no response. Are you following what everybody else is saying and saying, yeah, this isn't right. Group think. let's get together on this. Let's all agree on it. Well, what do you think? Do you agree? My view is the agent isn't paid until... I make money off my book, so actually they don't owe me anything when I send in my submission and ask them, would you like to take me on and represent me? What do you think? Step away from the groupthink and consider what you think. So if we think again about AI, how could you use AI ethically and for good? Because actually with AI being here to stay, you may need to look for how can you use it for good? Incidentally, I am currently designing a workshop on AI. I'm a bit of a tech geek. So I've dug deep into AI and chat GPT. And I'm going to put on a workshop that shows you how you can use it to help you, but use it ethically and use it for good. So that will be coming. So keep an eye out for that if you're listening to this way after it originally went out, you'll probably find that there'll be things on my website, zoerichards.co.uk, which at the time of recording is still in development. But, But if you are a late adopter of the Right Damn It podcast, then it will have details on my website about The AI workshop. Right. If you do think that you're getting caught up in groupthink and group hysteria, just take that step back and ask yourself what you think. What if you find you are trapped in stressing the small stuff? What can you do about that? Well, I had an incident very recently that actually really highlighted this one to me. So my agent came back to me saying that we've got a publisher who is interested in my novel and would like to take it to acquisitions, but they'd like some changes. I sat there and stressed over those changes, and then I stressed, and then in case you couldn't guess what happened next, I stressed some more. So I decided that wasn't helping me. I wasn't getting the changes done, but not just that. I was starting to feel really yuck about what was going on around my novel. So what I did was use something from my work life. Now I'm a program manager by trade, That's a person who manages a range of projects together and sometimes more than one set of projects related to different subjects. So in the world that I work in, we use spreadsheets a lot. So I got a good old spreadsheet out, I listed all my chapters, I noted whether it needed to have any changes done to that chapter, and then I noted down whether a change needed to be made to the chapter. I also looked at where some chapters perhaps needed to be moved about, and then met up with my agent and said, look, this is all I've got to change, it's hardly anything and I'd done all of that stressing, oh my word, what a daft apath I am, hey? So suddenly the job seems much smaller just by asking myself, what can I do about this thing that I am stressing about? It's small stuff, and I'm making it big, what can I do about it? Now you know, one of the things that helps me to do that is what I call the ABC of stressing. So the A is acknowledge, So start off by acknowledging to yourself that something is getting to you, that you are stressing about it, that you don't feel good about it. Acknowledge it. I find it helpful to acknowledge it out loud. Sometimes I tell the dog because the husband might not be listening to me. He's got his headphones on or he's just zoned out because he's listened to me going on about this book for far too long. So sometimes poor Millie Moo, the cockapoo, has to listen to me acknowledging the stress that I'm under. Then I breathe. So I'll breathe into the issue that's stressing me. And then I ask myself, is this something that I can control? Or is there some element of it I can control? Or do I need to counter it? Now, countering can sometimes simply be about giving yourself a reframe. I today, earlier on today, I had a situation where because I've reread my novel after doing the changes, I started to doubt that I can actually write. Ever felt like that? (laughs) It might be good for you to know you're not alone. Yep, I decided this is a rubbish novel. Why did I think anybody would want to read it? It's useless. And I went on Twitter and I told Twitterati that that's how I'm feeling. That's my acknowledging, okay? Now, the wonderful David Beckler on Twitter came back to me and gave me a fabulous reframe. And he said, it means that I'm striving to be better. And that can be how we can counter what we're thinking. And I love that. The fact that I now think that my novel is not as good as I thought it was is because I'm striving to be better. Thanks, David. So yeah, I think sometimes we need to make sure that we're doing the ABC, acknowledge where we're at, breathe into it, and then consider whether we're going to control or counter. So I hope that's helped you for thinking about whether you are stressing big or stressing small. And if you're stressing small, are you actually stressing small in a way that makes it big? I hope that's helped you. Happy writing and may the words flow for you. And I will see you on the next episode.